Welcome to The Clip Show. I'm Tiffany and I started a hair clip business out of my basement in Seattle in 2019 and it went from a one-woman show to now a team of 15. I'm here chatting with my ops director. Hey, I'm Christine. And this is where we chat about growing our small business, responsible manufacturing, and all the nuances in between. Nuance. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Wow. Okay. Thanks. You're welcome. Okay. <laughs> Today. What are we talking about? What are we talking about? We are talking about how we work with overseas manufacturers. Yes. That's a good one. That's a really important topic that we get asked about all the time. All the time. Yeah. I mean, I'm curious how other people work with overseas manufacturers because I feel like it's so specific to the type of product you make. Yeah. And the kind of relationship you want to have. Yeah. And I'm definitely, you know, I've, I've only like made accessories well by hand or right because you were a maker before yeah so i'm always like curious when other businesses have like are in food and bev or they produce in india and i'm like oh how i'm curious i know textiles it's like a Mm -hmm. whole other level yeah 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 so um yeah, we thought we would talk about this because it's definitely one of the really popular questions we get asked. Yeah, and so we pulled some of the questions we get asked by you guys a lot. And we're going to talk a little bit about that. So mm. starting out, where do you look to find a manufacturer, Tiffany? Mm. Um, well, right now we look in a few different places. But when I started out, I just looked on Alibaba, actually. I did some Googling, which that's my number one, I think, advice to anyone who's like, wondering how to work with overseas manufacturers just like google that shit just google that shit you know (laughs) it's all on there and and it so widely depends on again like what product you're looking to manufacture Um, so yeah like when you were looking for stuff on alibaba like uh how did you find manufacturers that made what you wanted but like were kind of in the space that you wanted to be because there's a lot on alibaba yeah yeah i think that is part of that's where it gets a little bit tricky for people because alibaba is like pretty overwhelming so there's, overwhelming there's a lot to choose from yeah but if you just dive into it alibaba has gotten pretty pretty good um with just like sharing the company profiles and certifications yeah. and if you if you puts around on there for long enough you kind of just figure out what people are doing and and what you're looking for and what the companies are about. Did you it's ever wild. look at like their reviews or anything like that? Yeah, I did look at those. I kind of just looked at all this. I looked at the company profile. I'm trying to think back to when I first was researching all this stuff, which was like 2018. Mm-hmm. I was looking for like a company that I want to work with, obviously. Yeah. Um. So... I definitely picked a ton of products and just started communicating with them. Yeah. And narrowing them down by just like the their ability to communicate openly. Yes. And like answer all my weird questions. <laughs> <laughs> and by like the products they sent to you. Yes, yes. That's definitely where I started. Yeah, I think, so we actually just started talking to a new manufacturing candidate that we're going to work with moving forward and actually had a really great 
meeting like face to face. Yeah. Over, yeah. Like over Zoom last night, and we loved her. We loved. She just had such good energy. We were so pumped after that. Afterwards, meeting. I messaged Tiffany, and I was like, "I am obsessed with her." <laughs> I knew. I knew we were all going to get off that meeting and instantly slack each other and just be like, "Have you gotten?" But I, I really appreciate like when we kind of approach the communication, like, you know, I sent over an agenda that was like talking about our design process mm-hmm. and like our ordering process and all of that. But I really appreciated her approach to the communication because she was like, okay, I'm just going to be like real with you. And when we were talking about like designs and like the confidentiality of design, she was like, totally everything is secret. So sorry about the checker. It's like, but it is out there. <laughs> like, sorry. Yeah. Not a lot I can do. But right. like, I appreciate that she kind of like called that out herself. Yeah. And like, she was a real one. She was a real one. She was like, I actually went looking for who created it and found chunks. And I was like, thanks for the prop. Thanks, D. <laughs> <laughs> Christina's over here like gushing. Like, I'm... she's like, <laughs> Do you have a crush on her? I think I do. <laughs> like a business crush? Is it possible to have a business crush? Is that like... <laughs> I feel that. Yes. But yeah, I think it was really excellent. Like the way that... I mean, she communicated with our production manager, Kim, like so well mm. and like really consistently. Mm-hmm. And when we told her what type of products we were looking to get samples of, like she sent, like she recommended stuff and like sent over things, which was super great. So like yeah. a lot of it is also like not just looking at people's pages, but like that contact. Right. And I think like that kind of communication is really under undervalued. Yeah. Because we all like think when it comes to business, you got to do this and you right, gotta do it the right skill. way and you gotta do a process thing yes but i think even from the start for me it's always just been about like a feel <laughs> tiffany's like is the vibe right it's the vibe right <laughs> we did a vibe check and it seemed it seemed yeah, pretty chill. don't hate me for that but that's the truth yes um but there's a lot to be said for that kind of like we're on the same page yeah feeling and we and we clearly are trying to do business in the same way yeah which we is have like, the same values yes exactly like very clear everything is on the table mm-hmm. we're not trying to like do this weird like negotiation you know yeah. i'm holding my cards close and you're holding your cards close like that's the kind of shit i just cannot yeah i don't want anything to do with it right right like so. that's really frustrating to deal with and it's yeah it's just we love uh, honest communication mm. and being on the same page, and we just got that from her. Yeah. But did you ever, when you were looking for manufacturers, consider places other than China? Mm. Yeah. That's another question that comes up a lot. Like, why don't you make these in the U.S.? Yes. And the answer is because they don't make hair clips in the U.S. <laughs> like, they don't really make acetate in they the don't, U.S. Yeah, they also don't make acetate in the U.S. Um, the only place they make hair clips, really, is in some parts of Europe mm-hmm. and and some parts in Asia. Like, yeah. in Korea, I think, and China. And Thailand, yeah. Oh, in Thailand. That's about it. Yeah. Um, and then, also, even if we found somebody in the U.S., 
that made hair clips, they would still have to get the parts from China. So like the whole supply chain is located in China. Right. And, and then you're talking about like the footprint of like importing all of that over here rather than just like finished product and like right. the transportation like right. investment and like carbon emissions of that across so many different places. Yeah, yeah. So um, that's another thing I think like when you're looking to find a, when you're looking to make a product, you have to look like where are they making this product? Where are they manufacturing it? Because you can't just make any product anywhere. Mm -hmm. And like the place where our manufacturers are is like historically like a very rich like arts and crafts like district in China Mm, and like specifically has built up manufacturing around small goods like that because like that is what they're invested in and that's like what their economy is built on. Mm -hmm. They they are the experts in this for Mm -hmm. real. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah, so that's, I mean. So that's why we don't make hair clips in the US. Yeah, that's why we don't, that's why we don't. So, what information, like, when you first, I mean, you were talking about, like, going off of vibes, but, like, <laughs> what information did you kind of, like, first receive when you started working with some of those manufacturers, like, about their company, about, like, how they did business? Like, what what did they give you initially? Um, I remember I would just kind of ask them dumb questions, to be honest. <laughs> And that's another thing I think when people start out, they think that they need to like know everything. Yeah. And like they need to find it all on that profile, otherwise it's like quit. Yeah. Or if they go into something without knowing it, like they're a dummy and they shouldn't be there, you know. But you just have to dive in and you learn as you go. So that was definitely what happened for me too. I think like that initial communication and then sampling. And then I did, I looked more into. The company, and then I started Googling about what it means to work with factories in China, mm-hmm. like certifi- the basic kind of certifications. Mm-hmm. I saw that they had posted some of their basic certs, and I was like, oh, what is that? Yeah. And then that goes down a whole rabbit hole. Right. And then of you like learn what more. different types of certifications even mean. Right, right. Yeah. So then you just naturally learn more as you start working with them. I mean, that was something I also really appreciated about the person that we met with last night because she just, like, straight up sent over, like, every certification that she yeah. had to me. She had them ready. And she was, like, she, like, had them laminated and was, like, holding them up to the screen. She's, like, I can send you this one and this one and this one. And I was, like, this bitch. <laughs> Fucking love you. you. Love her. <laughs> but, yeah, I mean, it's – and then you kind of have to be able to, like – know what you're looking for there which Mm -hmm. um is actually not as scary as it sounds like i swear to god you can just google this stuff and and figure it out it's not like a whole thing where you need like a graduate degree i'm sure you could get one but (laughs) but why yeah wait did i answer the your question yeah you said you said you like asked a lot of weird questions to them oh yeah 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 when i started chunks though I didn't really have like as strong kind of brand values as I do now. That's developed over time as I've learned more. Yeah. So when I first started out, I was literally just trying to make some cute clips. Yes. And um, and so the things that we care about now has been an evolution that's paralleled like all the things we've learned yes exactly so the things i was looking for in the beginning are totally different and the way that we talk to our manufacturers is like 
a yeah. lot is very And that relationship too. has like sort of grown with those values. Right, right. And so I think one of the things that is really important that comes with sort of that approach that we have to working with manufacturers is like maintaining the relationship mm-hmm. and being really thoughtful about how we communicate. Mm. And so I know we had like a call with two our two existing manufacturers last fall and it was really excellent to like have that FaceTime and mm-hmm. we had an interpreter so that like everybody could just be able to like speak freely and be able to try to communicate what they wanted to. But like just touching base on, you know, typical design process and like quality control and just being able to like speak face to face, I feel like was so important. Yeah. I remember, Christine, you did, like, research on how to communicate with, like, Chinese manufacturers because there is a cultural, there's also, you know, there's language barrier, but there's also cultural nuances. And, like, differences. And, like, so when you're Mm -hmm. trying to address things that are, like, problematic, like, I was, like, Googling (laughs) everything to try to prepare myself for that meeting. And I remember just being, like, my stomach sinking because, like, they were, like, don't rely on like self-deprecating humor or like being really uh, like sarcastic. I'm laughing because that's just like Christine. I know they're at like her core. They're like, don't be self-deprecating or sarcastic. And I was like, what am I supposed to do? Get a new personality in four hours? Like, well, I mean, in general, when you're talking to someone who doesn't know your language or culture, they don't get that kind of sure. humor. Yes. There's a humor yes. thing, right? So okay. I was like, okay, cool. I'm going to be real normal. Um, <laughs> and then also, though, like in uh, when they were saying like how you approach like talking about things that like might have been like issues in the past, right? So like having quality control issues that like you need to be thoughtful about how you approach it and be okay with like a different approach than what you're normally used to. Mm. Because I know me and I'm like that very typical like American, like, okay, so the problem is that you're doing this and I need it to be this. So like, let's talk about how we get there. Mm. Whereas they were like, okay, it's a very different approach where like you're talking about saving face. And so being able to kind of approach it in a more roundabout way that's like, okay, well, like giving reasoning and background and then maybe coming back to it and talking a little bit about the process and then like giving more context. But like, you can't just be like, so why was this wrong? Yeah, (laughs) yeah, I can see it from the flip side, like culturally Asians thinking (laughs) Americans are like too straightforward. Yeah, bull in a china shop. (laughs) Like just like straight up like... Just knocking shit over and not being, like, polite because, obviously, in Asian culture, that kind of etiquette is very important. And, like, and also, like, not looking bad in front of other people is just a big, it's a big thing. So you have to be able to communicate what you want or things that went wrong, not in necessarily a direct Or, like, even, like overly negative which i feel like we have a tendency to do like in america where we're like this was really bad this is unacceptable exactly instead of being like hey so one thing we wanted to talk about was this process can you talk a little bit about it Mm -hmm. and then like at the points where there's like explanation you're like oh great actually can we talk about this for a second because we have some feedback Mm -hmm. and then like you know allow it to take that natural course rather than just being like but why were you wrong about it? <laughs> so yeah. I think that was really valuable. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And we yeah. also hired an interpreter too, which really helped. Oh my gosh. 
Actually, it, we didn't need one last night. She actually spoke her English was her like English perfect, was which made me feel like just like the biggest asshole. No, I was she like, came in handy in for a couple things, right? No, like she absolutely did. But I was like, this bitch is like fucking killing it. <laughs> Business maven. <laughs> perfect english and i'm like out here like ni like a fucking asshole <laughs> like a dick so basically what i'm saying is i'm gonna like go buy rosetta stone and learn mandarin tomorrow is what i'm saying no they liked it yeah. last time you said ni in a meeting and, and they, they were like, like yes oh they were like thank you Christine. for taking literally one fucking step in our direction america <laughs> Just do you know? Just me doing the most. <laughs> I was trying to cover my personality with polite gestures. No, people always love a little making an effort. Exactly. Gesture. I learned that when I went to France, and I would like try, and I butchered it and sounded like a dumbass. But they were like, "I you appreciate tried. that you tried and looked like a dumbass." You tried. <laughs> okay. What else? So for business owners who are trying to look at how to work with overseas manufacturers, what would be your like piece of advice for them? Yeah, I think defining like what's important to you yeah, and what you're really looking for. And then just starting, you know, starting small, you don't need to be like an expert. Yes. But I think also um, that communication piece is really important and like the relationship part is really important regardless of what you're looking for. Mm-hmm. And I think for consumers, I think one message I would want people to take away is that like something being made in the U.S. or something being made somewhere does, is not the only indicator of quality or value. So when you're looking at like where you buy things from, definitely you should do the research to make sure that you feel like you're buying ethically, mm-hmm. but don't just take made in China as bad. Don't take made in USA as good. Yeah, like, that's ha- a good point. Acknowledge that there's more nuance there mm-hmm. and and be willing to maybe look a little deeper. Yeah, so definitely buy with brand brands that you trust. Yes. Not necessarily where it was made. Yeah. Because where it was made is is really not a good indicator of like the the approach. Exactly. It really depends on like the the company's approach to their manufacturing. Yes. And also like so many factors about the geographical region and location. Like if something was made in the US, would you say something made in Portland, Oregon and in Texas is the same place? Right. No. Right. So yeah. cool. You know, Go for that nuance. Yeah. Um, I hope that helped. Yes. I hope you uh, feel like you have more information. And if you do have more questions about how we work with our manufacturers, send them over because we want to hear them and be able to answer them for you. Mm-hmm. And, oh my God, Christine, we have a sponsor for this episode. We do? Yeah. Oh do my you know, God. Do you want to know who it is? Who is our sponsor? It's Chunks chunks yeah tell me more about them Uh, yeah we were like we were like we should probably talk about our company a little bit on On our company podcast i mean we do our intro but then you know we've been doing this podcast for a minute Mm. i think most of the listeners are people who know us but hopefully you know we want to make episodes that also appeal to a larger group of people and we're like they probably don't know who we are Mm, they probably probably not (laughs) anyway we just want to introduce ourselves 
We are a hair accessories brand. Yes. Like I told you in the intro, I started this company, just me, myself, and I. Mm-hmm. But in the basement. We really focus on high quality acetate hair clips and accessories, proudly made in Jinhua, China. And I have a really amazing team here in Seattle, Washington, mm-hmm. that packs up all your orders and sends them out to you. And we lovingly quality control all of our products here. We'll show you durability tests and... Yeah, yeah. I think we really, we really do like care about bringing joyful products, but also like products that will last a long time and are high quality and we really value our customer service. We just want to do a really good job of what we're doing. Yes. And we care about the effect we have on the planet, whether that's like in terms of like our emissions and sustainability or like the effect Mm -hmm. that like our products have on our customers or even in the process of creating them and the workers that create them. Yeah. We just finished our impact report. We did. It's coming at you. Yeah. So Uptown um, Funk gonna give it to you. <laughs> I have to stop. Okay, sorry. Yeah, so we just wanted to introduce ourselves. We are chunks. We are chunks. We are fun. We're colorful. Quirky. Check us out. We're at chunks.shop. And we're on Instagram and TikTok also at chunks.shop. And if you're in the EU and you're like, damn, I wish that I could buy from chunks. You can now. I have really good news for you. <laughs> You can. She's so excited. I did the paperwork, so you can. (laughs) Anyway, if you have seen that iconic checker claw around, that is us. If you have seen that iconic jelly nimbus claw, that is us. If you've seen iconic mini claws with little checks on them, us. Yes. We had a big couple years. Yes. And I feel like we have made our rounds on the internet, have Mm. gone viral, have been featured by many publications. Many. Has been on a bunch of Netflix shows. Ah, many, many shows. And sending some shit out to people to be on more shows, maybe even podcasts. So we'll see. (laughs) So if you are just learning about us, um, check us out. Come join our fun little community. We're fun and cute. That was longer than i anticipated (laughs) sorry um outro if if you liked this episode you could rate and review it and subscribe to the show did you know that you could rate and review every episode tiffany Mm -hmm. yeah she knew it helps us out you can find us on ig and tiktok at chunks.shop and send us a dm if you have topics you'd like us to talk about or more questions for us about this episode okay cool bye bye